We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. Do not adjust your dials, as I say. This voice is what you are hearing. It is Jason Perrone. I am back on the Pack a Day podcast after a bit of a hiatus. I have missed. All of you, as well as my co-hosts, and being here, and I am here along with Matt Freilich this week. Matt, it's another Saturday Pack-A-Day podcast. Paul Brettel has a previous obligation, so it will be just you and I. Thanks for holding it down over the past couple weeks. You guys have been doing a fantastic job. Somehow I still have a job. You do. Uh, like I said, <laughs> we've, we've made jokes of this. Harry, our, our man up in Canada, your guy. He's been sliding in for your spot, and now maybe he'll be even slipping in on Paul's spot. So we'll see if Paul can establish his dominance here in the next couple of weeks. But thus far, this this squad's been rolling. Whether it's two of us, three of us, you know what you're going to get. It's, yeah. it's weather. It's the breakdown on you know coming into Saturday, going into Sunday. We got the injury reports, kind of everything culminating at the end of the week, and it's we got a lot. We got a lot of stuff to get to. We got a on the road game down in Cincinnati versus a you know the Cincinnati Bengals team that frankly a lot of people have probably overlooked just because they're the Cincinnati Bengals but led by Joe Burrow Joey Franchise as I like to call him he they're 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 a decent team right now and coming off a long week of after Thursday night football yeah they're they've won a couple games they're not they're not the the uh the walkover that they've been in the past and Joe Burrow continues to elevate and do well and obviously getting bringing in Jamar Chase his old buddy from LSU has helped that offense a lot too so but as we do, before we jump into the football content, we got to give the weather. You talked about Harry from Canada, and as you can imagine, up in Kamloops, Canada, they experienced their first frost of the year this week. Ah, they were so, doing so good too. They were. It was like looking so week. good. It's like you know, then and then it just then it just falls off a cliff. So, uh, first frost of the year. It says as it has been sunny and clear this week. However, Saturday. Cloudy with a chance of showers, high of 55, low of 43. Monday is Thanksgiving in Canada, and it's, again, 55, 34, sunny again. So he says, hope you're back at it and doing well, Harry. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And then Paul's friend, I feel like we each have our own international friends here. So Paul's guy from Sydney, Australia, Paskey says, 25 Celsius or 79 Fahrenheit for the United Statesers. Low humidity. Might hit the beach, 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Here in the Phoenix area, I do sound like a weatherman. Here in the here in the Phoenix area, 85 and sunny. This is the time of year that we like to brag about, and I love watching Packers games. The, the noon games are still two hours behind the Midwest, Matt, so 
the noon games actually start at 10 a.m. here. Could you imagine like just being able to I've saunter? Never, see, I've I've never understood if I would love that, hate that, be indifferent. Like I do know based off 10 a.m. Like I could get some McDonald's breakfast and yeah. still enjoy the Packer game. That's that's the kind of yep. benchmark I put in for myself. But no, I've never understood how I would enjoy it or dislike it. Well, the nice thing is is that you're you're you know the the game's over by one o'clock, and if you have like writing or podcasting or anything like that, like you can still watch the evening game or the afternoon game, and it doesn't necessarily butt up to dinner or anything like that. But there's always advantages either way. Like where we get where we lose out is on those early games, like during the week, like Monday night, Thursday night games. We're stuck in traffic during the the start of the game while we're trying to race home because the game starts at five o'clock. Well, if you get out of work at five and you're in the office, you got to drive home. So you're listening to or watching the first part of the game. Then you get home. You got to it's like getting to the bar after your friends have been there for three rounds and you're just starting like and they're already three rounds in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but this is crazy enough. Well, I shouldn't say crazy enough because it's it's only week five. But this is the first noon game of the season. The Packers have gotten a lot of love on the schedule. And I don't know. Obviously, it'll be on TV in your local market there, yeah. uh, Matt. But it's it's on TV here again in the Phoenix area. I have yet to not get a game on television in the Phoenix market this season. Spoiled. Yeah. Getting that Packers love, spoiled like rotten. So I don't want to. I don't want to forget you over there in Green Bay, where everything happens, and Lambeau Field is the place to be. So how is how are things looking over there? You know, I I talked about this uh, yesterday on a different podcast, but like it's been rainy as shit here the last couple yeah. of days, like for the last week, and we saw some of that for the Packers on Sunday uh, when they played against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Luckily. In the morning, I was going to the game. It rained, rained, rained. I was like, ponchos were sold out across town, dollar store, Walmart, wherever you couldn't find them. Like, whatever, we're going gonna to roll with it. Luckily, it didn't really rain too much during the game. After the game, then it rained. So we got lucky that way. But overall, it's. It, I think it's going to be pretty dry tomorrow or today being Saturday. Sunday, it, It's. I think it's a chance of showers. I've, I saw a report earlier in the week that it was like showers throughout. It looks like it's clearing up here. 77? Are you kidding me? Of the high? Wow. Like that's, that's, that's stupid. That makes no sense. A little, little windy, which it's good. It can dry out some of those leaves that I need to rake and kind of you're putting off until they all fall. So that's a benefit there. I it's mean, all perspective, it's, I guess, when you is, think, about, think about the and, winds. And honestly, like there's been days, you know, as we wrap up here, second week of, you know, getting into the second week of October, there's been snow on the ground. So any day that it's above 60, it's not, you know, it's crazy wind chills or something bizarre going on or super, super gloomy. It's, it's a W in Titletown. So if you want to look way ahead, because I know we have to talk about the, the Bengals game. We got a lot to get to. Do. But I'm just looking ahead here. It's, so the weather forecast a week from now in Chicago, it's supposed to be cloudy and partly sunny and a little bit of rain during the week. And, but it's, it's in like the mid to high 70s. Well, the Packers are going to get a sunny day. It says it's sunny on Sunday next week when they're in Chicago to play the Bears. But it's 61 degrees is the high. So welcome fall. Mm-hmm. And you get that lake fall. effect too. You get that lake effect wind coming off in Soldier Field. There, it's it's nasty. Yeah, we've seen what seen what happens there too. Yeah. So, and I, I love how I jumped ahead and looked at the uh, the forecast in Chicago for next week and didn't bother to tell anybody what it looks like in Cincinnati this week. So Cincinnati, good lordy, man, beautiful day. Eighty, actually, unbelievable, sunny, sunny and eighty six degrees in Cincinnati this Sunday for the for Packers football, and it's going to be a. Uh, one o'clock start because they're on East Coast time, right? Mm-hmm. One o'clock start there, noon start in the local market. So, I you know, so obviously we do the injury report, and I was starting to think ahead earlier this week when I was like, when we do the show, I'm like, we almost might be better off talking about who is going to play. <laughs> 
because it, there was there was a lot going on this week, and I think we got shell shocked earlier and early in the week because of the big news with Jair Alexander, obviously the Packers stud cornerback. We knew that he was injured; he did not finish the game uh, on Sunday. Uh, this past week against the Steelers. He was carted off, did not return, and we knew he had an AC joint injury. I think uh, one of the the top NFL um, beat covers or, or reporters announced that that was the initial fear. And as we were going out through the through the week, we were all doing the Twitter refresh thing every day, just want to know if there was any news on Jair. Was he going to have surgery? Are we going to lose him for the season? Is he going to play? Um, Tom Silverstein tweeted earlier this week and said the Packers are really doing their due diligence on this thing. They have to figure out whether or not surgery is the best option. He's their future. They're going to invest money in him. They're going to extend him. He's going to be a part of this team. So they have to get the decision right. And whenever I hear getting a second opinion, we know kind of more now, but let's think back to earlier this week, Matt, when you hear getting a second opinion, what does that, what does that make you feel like in the moment there? Cause for me, I never like hearing that. No, it's like, well, the first opinion kind of sucks, right? Like, that can go for, I mean, there's fourth, fifth opinions on the line. You find some maybe, <laughs> someone that's a little bit, I don't know, on a different side of the spectrum than you are. And they're like, yeah, no, that's fine. You can you can do it this way or you can take some of these vitamins or whatever. It's going to make it work. It's like, ah, second opinion's not the best. First opinion would be like, you know what? We're going to shut you down for two weeks. All right, sounds good. You don't need a second opinion at that point. Getting a second opinion, it makes it definitely makes you a little nervous. Um, and Matt Lafleur's words this week didn't really subside any of those those anxieties, those nerves, because he talked about potentially if it is surgery, it's season-ending surgery. There's he was he didn't mince words about that. So it looks like thus far, obviously he hasn't gone under the knife yet. He will not play this week. I imagine he won't play against the Bears. That's my expectation. So thus far, it's Jair is still you know able to play at some point it sounds probably a little bit more severe than just an ac joint sprain unfortunately but we know how the packers operate with injuries and we've become accustomed to that with you know star players for the packers this year from elton jenkins to zadarius smith to david bakhtiari to guys a little bit of a tier lower mvs kevin king it's like every freaking week jason we're having these injuries and it just sucks to to keep up with and the packers are still they're still climbing. I think they're still improving every week, which is awesome, even though they're losing some players. And they'll get some players back this week, even next week with Bakhtiari. But it's it's kind of sucks. It, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. You see a guy like Jair comes off the field and you know in my head I see him walk off and I'm like, oh shit, that's fine. It's not a mm-hmm. you know it's not an Achilles, it's not a ACL, it's not a hip, it's not a groin, but then it's like he's getting carted off and you're like, well, that's that's kind of strange. If he could walk very easy, he wouldn't have to take the ride to the locker room and it turns out it's a shoulder injury and you know, when think, you get carted off and it's an upper body injury, that's kind of yeah. scary. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Like he he walked off the field, but like to walk from the sideline to the locker room, you can't just do that. You had to get on a cart and I don't, I don't know. I mean, at that point I think they're probably being super precautious if there's maybe x-rays or something like that they're worried about that too you don't want if there's something actually really wrong but it sucks it's unfortunate jay one of the better corners in the league if not the best and for the packers to lose another stud um only into week four now going into week five it's just it's unfortunate but they're still going strong there's there really hasn't been too much downfall uh obviously jay was only out for like a quarter and a half so we'll see what happens this week when 60 minutes of play without one of the number one corners in the league for the Packers. Well, you know, if Jair can play, he's going to play. He's the type of guy that if he can be out there, he's going to be out there. So it's not a matter of he doesn't, you know, he he's willing to just kind of go with go with the grain. I think he would go against the grain and really push to play if if he could because, 
you know, he just he just gets it. It's one of the reasons why he's so good is he's a smart player and he understands the magnitude of what's in front of him and the opportunity the Packers have this season. And the, they, the injury bug is back. Yeah, the last couple of seasons we've had a little bit of a break from it, which has been nice. I remember the last few the last few seasons uh, with doing the show when when Mark was on our crew here. It was like, okay, what are we? We'll be we'll get through the injury report in ten minutes. What are we going to talk about for the other thirty minutes? So. But now it's 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 not that. So obviously Jair Alexander didn't practice at all this week. Will not play this this um, Sunday. Center Josh Myers has the finger injury. He also did not practice at all. He will be out. He will not play this week, which means so Jair Alexander. We talked a little bit before we started recording. Eric Stokes is going to play. Kevin King looks like he's going to be cleared. He was uh, limited on Wednesday, Thursday. Practiced in full on Friday. He's not listed on the injury report. So you would assume Kevin King will be out there. Chanted Sullivan's not on the injury report. So you're running with with those guys against the Bengals, and that's likely going to be your your starting uh, corner trio at center. They could do a bunch of different things here. Now, this is also, you know, there's a couple domino pieces here. So Elton Jenkins um, did practice in limited fashion on Thursday and Friday. He's listed as questionable. He did not practice on Wednesday. So we'll see if Big E can go. If he can that gives the Packers some options because he's played center. He's played all over the offensive line before, but you also have Lucas Patrick who can step in there and play center. He's played center before. And then you keep Elton Jenkins. If Elton Jenkins can play, I would have to think that, you know, maybe you want to keep him at, at left tackle where he's been really, really good. But maybe they also feel like Josh Nyman has played well enough that you, you put Jenkins at left guard, fortify that left side, put Patrick at center, a lot of moving parts here. So I know I just threw a bunch at you there, Matt. So, as far as the cornerback and the center with our two guys that are out, what did you think about any any of those ideas, or do you have any of your own as far as how you think the Packers might attack mitigating those losses? You know, I'm going to start with the defensive back. I think it's pretty quick. Like, if if Kevin King's ready to go and he's 100%, like, it's still going to be a tough matchup. I think the, the receivers for the Bengals are pretty damn good. Uh, right now, it seems like Eric Stokes probably is the number one. I don't know if you have to put a you know a number next to him, but I imagine whoever's lining up with Jamar Chase is going to be a matchup problem. Tyler Boyd stepped up really great this last couple of weeks with T. Higgins out. He is a full participant this week, and he will actually uh, more than likely play on Sunday. So those three receivers are pretty damn good for the Cincinnati Bengals. Getting the ball out to them with that offense with Joe uh, with Joey Burrow is is nasty. Joe Mixon's tweak too, so it's like they're going to probably throw the ball even more. CG Uzama had a good game last week, so I think the Packers secondary is going to they're going to be in for a tough task, and it's probably going to be some lumps with Eric Stokes along the way. He finished the game last week with a pick, which was really really cool. But as a rookie cornerback, understand that you might get absolutely destroyed this week potentially that that, that is an option where, where the lineman situation comes into play is i you know i'm kind of i'm remembering two weeks ago uh, on this podcast and on game on wisconsin podcast i do with uh brennan dorzinski the final dump we I, I think everyone collectively was like dennis kelly will play here or billy turner will play there mm-hmm. like all of a sudden nijman came in yeah and the way he's played it's like well, what the hell? Like, maybe they're better with leaving the continuity there. I mean, he went up against two of the better pass rushes in this league between the Niners and the Steelers. Why would you not run him against the Bengals? The Bengals aren't awful by no means. Trey Hendrickson's having a decent year. DJ Reader's always solid up the middle. But, like, why why would you throw another wrinkle in there? Let's stay with what's gone really, really well. I think if you get Myers out, obviously with that finger, which is really unfortunate – 
you have one of the most versatile linemen in the league, if not the most versatile, Elton Jenkins. Put him in there at center. It should be an easy transition. That That's my expectation because you put Lucas Patrick in there, then you're going to put uh, – you would get Nijman out who's like, ah, you know, gosh, you're going to take a seat. And he's like, why? You know, I've had two good weeks. And it's like, well, Elton's back. And it's like, okay. And it just doesn't make sense that way. So based off of last week, they kind of with the – went with the path of least resistance i expect them to do that this week i'm assuming elton will start at center um would i be upset if lucas patrick was at center and elton was outside no but i think nijman's been very very you know above what my expectation was the last two weeks so i expect him to probably start at left tackle kind of wean in elton to the center position i realize he is coming off a what's his injury right now an ankle injury mm-hmm. i don't know how much that affects him too much snapping the ball rather relative to you know drop stepping at left tackle my guess if i had to would be elton play center and they go from there but you know at the end of the day the common denominator is jason they have absolutely versatile offensive linemen they can yeah. put them anywhere which has been one of the biggest blessings that has happened with the matt lafleur brian gutekunst era yeah, if you, they, having all these options is just, you know, it's hard for us because we have so many options to talk through, but that's a good problem for the Packers to have. And we, whatever they roll out with on Sunday, I'm going to trust it's the best thing. And to your point, this is another feather in the cap of you've got to trust the coaching staff. You've got to trust the team that knows yeah. what's going on. We don't. We obviously thought when I found out Yash Naiman was getting the start and I'm like, is Dennis Kelly breathing? Because if he is, I want to know why he's not playing on the right side and why Billy Turner isn't moving over to left tackle where he was okay and did a decent job last year when Bakhtiari went down throughout the playoffs. Well, the, you know, the joke is on us because the Packers knew better and maybe they found something in Naiman because that's, that's big because he's an undrafted. You don't expect guys in his position to play very well, especially at a premier position like left tackle. So that's, that's a really good spot that the Packers are in. But I do hope that this finger situation with Josh Myers is, is more short-term than not. I hope they can get him back because he's played well. I don't hear his name much, which means he's doing well. You need your center, and, and that's your signal caller, and you don't really want to have to rotate too many other guys in there at that position. But I just, like I was saying before the show started, I'm just this, it's a long injury list. I mean, all, of all the guys listed here, we talked about Alexander Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, Dennis Kelly's listed he is, as questionable with an illness. He didn't practice at all on uh, Thursday or Friday. I don't think he practiced on Wednesday either. Uh, Isaac Yadam is on there with a quadricep. He's good to go. Dean Lowry with an ankle. Kevin King had the concussion. Aaron Jones is listed as uh, an ankle injury. Now, one thing to, to keep an eye on with Aaron Jones, he was limited all three days. He didn't practice in full any of those three days. So, Matt, we've seen it happen in the past two where – a player's not listed on the injury report or is out, and then all of a sudden we get a surprise tweet, you know, 90 minutes before the game starts on Sunday, and, you know, lo and behold, Aaron Jones is out this week, and he's not going to be able to go. So I don't know that that necessarily will happen because he's not listed as, as questionable, but it is it is Aaron Jones, and it's it's, it's a, those wonky AFC road games. Not that that has anything to do with an injury, but it just, you know, something to, something to keep an eye on there too, and especially up against this – Cincinnati defense so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that I just I I looked at that real quickly and I'm like anytime I see the LP all three days there's a chance you never know yeah and if if memory serves me correct I want to say he kind of tweaked that ankle midway through the Steelers game this last week and I feel like Aaron Jones is the type of guy that's always kind of got a lower body injury that he's kind of going through. He's never like the most durable dude. You look at also A.J. Dillon. He was a full participant this week. He's still got that back he's nursing. So 
those surprise tweets, there's nothing worse, Jason, because I'm trying to set the fantasy roster oh, on yeah. Sunday morning. Very and important. when I get a when I get a real life situation with the Packers with an injury, it's like, dude, that throws everything off. Like so if that were the case, that would be that would be that'd be pretty frustrating with Aaron Jones, I'm not gonna lie. But I imagine they're just kind of weaning him through it this week, seeing what they can get from him. Um, I think I think he'll I think he'll be a full participant. I think it's just another luxury to have a guy like AJ Dillon who can who can fill in and take some reps if necessary, take a bulk of those snaps, uh, you know, between the tackles. So I think that'll be fine. Um, you talked about Yidman. We'll see, Yosh, like we'll we'll figure out what happens with him. I think the secondary is going to have to step up a little bit. Like after Chandon Sullivan, we'll see who who can fill in that way. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Because like I said, those three receivers are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. If someone, if it, it's it's kind of all going to depend on how reliant the Zach Taylor uh, offense is going to be, right? Like if they're going to try to throw the ball a, a, an absolute astronomical amount without Joe Mixon in there, well, I imagine those, especially in this weather, this heat, like those those corners are going to get a little run down. Like those three receivers are pretty damn good for the the Bengals. Like those guys are super super solid. So I think that's that that could be a, a concern there too without uh, Jair playing. But overall, I'm not. It's you keep mentioning these AFC these games these road games and I don't want to put a lot of weight into it but I think you're right like we've seen this happen before I want to say it happened a couple of years ago with the Chargers it's happened in years past with the Titans it's 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 one of those games where it's like eh especially like if you look back and like you mentioned at the beginning of the show this isn't like the Andy Dalton led Bengals this isn't the Ryan Finley led Bengals the AJ McCarron Bengals this is the Joe Burrow Bengals like mm-hmm. they're pretty decent and they've gotten good they've gotten better they've gotten good and like uh, joe joe burrow i think i may have called him joe barry at one point joe burrow he he's a solid dude and he's got the he's got that it factor he's got that thing that you go to the combine you can't really measure it you can't put a stopwatch to it you can't do a wonder lick test to it he's just got that it factor and being a second year guy like he's got a lot of guys believing in him and i'm it, it could it right now i think yesterday it was at 50 and a half for the over-under, I want to say that was like third in the league right now. So Vegas, who's a lot smarter than a lot of us, is expecting this to be a, a high-contested game, high high points. I think a lot of that has to do with what these two offenses have done the last couple of weeks. What you know, 10-day rest for the Bengals. They're going to be decent weather. You don't have to worry about any of this uh, Green Bay weather. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting matchup. And the, the fact that the Packers are a little bit banged up kind of tightens that margin a little bit for me. No, it does. And I should have also mentioned, too, A.J. Dillon was on the injured injury list yeah. uh, with a back. He's full participant all three days. But when I back injuries, never, never something that you that you want to see blow up or explode. So A.J. Dillon with a back injury, but he's full participant all three days. He should be good to go. Chris Barnes cleared full practice every day. He's good to go. We're going to get Chris Barnes back to Vondre Campbell in the middle. And Matt, I can't believe we went almost over half of the show. Yeah, see, you're nodding. You get you at home can't see because this is an audio-only podcast, but you're nodding because you know where this is going. So we obviously need to talk about our take on the newest Green Bay Packer, which is linebacker Jalen Smith, who was surprisingly released by the Dallas Cowboys earlier this week. The Packers signed him. He is now a member of the Green Bay Packers. I like, like Jay, I love Jalen Smith coming out of Notre Dame, and I was already just agonizing over the fact that the Packers weren't going to be able to draft him because he was supposed to be a top-10 pick. And then he gets, just absolutely destroys his knee in the Fiesta Bowl. His last game in college has nerve damage, slides all the way to the second round. The Dallas Cowboys ended up picking him up, and he ended up becoming a really good player, made a Pro Bowl. He's played in all 16 games the last three seasons, Matt. So availability is not an issue for a guy that had a huge, massive injury 
coming in. But I do want to temper expectations a little bit because we get really excited and we're all like looking forward to it. Always going to wear number nine. He's going to, you know, he's got a, all this extra mojo for the Green Bay Packers. I don't think we're going to see him on the field this weekend. I, I don't. This has the makings of we're all excited and we can't wait. And he's inactive at the beginning of game day and Twitter absolutely melts down because we're not playing Jalen Smith. But th- th- I, I say all that to say, obviously, Devondre Campbell has played lights the hell out over the past couple of weeks. He has been such a good pickup. You want him out there. That's the guy that you want out there. He knows this defense. He knows what's going on. Jalen Smith just got into town. Matt, you were joking before we started going that Matt LaFleur wasn't even sure if Jalen Smith was in Green Bay on Thursday, which is right, or, or Wednesday, which is like half, Wednesday or Thursday. Regardless, it's, it's half, hilarious. Halfway through the week of practice. But Jalen Smith, um, some depth in the middle of the defense. And obviously, when we've watched uh, Ty Summers, Ty Summers is great on special teams. And we've seen enough of him on defense to know that I think the Jalen Smith move was necessary to upgrade a little bit that of that depth. You're not going to ask Jalen Smith to step in and start, but if he has to play, you'd rather have him out there than a Ty Summers. The Packers are all in. They're trying to do some really good things. Love you, Ty Summers, but on defense, Matt, I'm sure you probably agree this was a good move. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hell yeah. And like you go, you you brought it up perfectly, man. Like he hasn't missed a game since he started. Like it, that's the biggest thing to me. You got a guy coming off a catastrophic knee injury when he was in college, unfortunately. And, but he hasn't missed a game. And like, that's, that's the biggest thing to me. Maybe he's lost a step. There's analysts that think he's, you know, changed the direction. It's not as great, but at the end of the day, what's the worst that could happen? The Packers picked him up now for $800,000, $850,000, whatever it is, less than a million. And thank you to the Jerry- Cowboys for picking up the $7.2 million. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like, let the let Jerry Jones pay for him. Like, who cares? Like, at the very minimum, he is a third down pass coverage guy. Like, at the very, very minimum. On the, on the absolute highest expectation, this is the first – dynamic linebacker the Packers have had since Clay Matthews like that's really what it looks like to me and I I'm I'm excited like I when when it earlier in the week when it was Gilmore and Jalen Smith like Gilmore was obvious or was it it was Jalen the night before and then Gilmore the following morning like I was like okay like which one makes more sense you look at Jalen he's five years younger he feels a need right away that the Packers have I think Devondre Campbell's been absolutely lights out your words I would totally agree but like Let's have another versatile dude. Devondre Campbell's a little bit more of a thumper. He's actually been a lot more athletic sideline to sideline than I would have expected. But Jalen's just a you know, he's a faster player. He's more of that hybrid dude. He's like an you know, an upgraded Oren Burks, if you will. So and I think if you would have brought that corner in, it kinda would have muddied the situation. Obviously, short term it works great if Jair's out, but you have some younger dudes that you're probably trying to establish as 
you know starters in this league and I love the Jalen Smith pickup I think there's zero zero negative with it other than Packers Twitter blowing up 90 minutes before the game this weekend that he's probably not going to be activated because that would be a shock the relationship that he has with Matt LaFleur at their Notre Dame days it was talked about this week on the on the beat that's awesome Jalen Smith has spoke highly about Matt LaFleur he spoke highly about the the pedigree and the history of the Green Bay Packers I think it's a win-win um you know and you throw a number nine jersey and a linebacker we finally have that wrinkle in here that the whole entire NFL is doing we yeah Amari Rodgers with the eight all right so exactly Let's get it. I, I, I'm pumped. I like it. I, it's it's fun. Let's see how he fits in the Joe Barry defense. It's just another piece for them to, I don't want to say plug and play, but give it another wrinkle. De- Devondre's done well, but that linebacking core, that front seven needed some help. Probably before the season started, it was right at its at its limit, and right now with a couple injuries going on, it's we we got to get a guy in there, and maybe he's not an edge rusher, but he can do a couple things, covering linebackers, tight ends, rush the passer. So I, I love the Jalen Smith Smith pickup. Jalen Smith's a football player, and that's a big thing. And I was listening to the the Wendy's Big Show, and Rick Goslin was on, and they were and he was talking about Jalen Smith, and he just described him as a football player. He's a guy that you can put out there. And just he can play. He doesn't need to know the playbook. He can just play football. And I'm not saying he can be a starter and all pro, but there are certain types of players that you know that that are going to get out there and they're going to do something for you. That's why the Packers made this move. I mean, it's just the the Cowboys knew that Smith probably wasn't their future. They stocked up on the inside the linebacker position. And that's fine if you know that. But when you're paying a guy seven million dollars and you cut the cord, like that's just the most interesting. Jerry Jones has, for as much as he dominated the uh, his Cowboys teams dominated the Packers in the nineties, Jerry Jones has created a a Dallas Cowboys franchise and and that has been so so generous to the Green Bay Packers and I just want to say thank you to Jerry Jones and the Jones family for everything that they do to keep the Packers good relevant and moving on in the playoffs over their own beloved Dallas Cowboys now I may eat those words because the Cowboys are having a decent season this year but Jalen Smith in Green Bay he'll play for the Packers very excited to see what he can do but again I don't think it's going to start this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. He just doesn't know the playbook, although he is on the roster and he is not listed on the injury report. So anything anything is possible. But again, the Packers have options. They don't have a ton of guys that are out. So I was going to look real quick, Matt, at the, the Bengals injury report too. And I don't know much about Cincinnati because we don't, we don't see them very often. But uh, Trey Hopkins is listed as questionable. He's their center. Joe Mixon, the running back we're familiar with, didn't practice at all this week. He's questionable. Uh, Xavier Suafilo, the guard, is out. He's listed as out. And then Mike Thomas, wide receiver, he's a, a backup wide receiver, is listed as doubtful. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, defensive tackle, is questionable. And Trey Waynes, former Minnesota Vikings cornerback, is listed as questionable with a hamstring. So none of those wide receivers, unfortunately. We don't want anybody to get injured, but none of those great Bengals receivers that you mentioned are listed on this report. And one point I wanted to make, too, about this about this game is, Matt, you hit the nail on the head, and I think they're absolutely right. I see this game being a very high-scoring game because both teams are just going to try to outscore the other. You know, if the Packers are struggling in pass coverage because Jair's not out there, and you'd like to think that Jair not being out there isn't going to completely wreck, although when you have an all-pro missing, that's going to make a huge difference. But I think that Cincinnati's take here is, is hey, Kevin King can be had. He just needs to make a mistake once or twice, and we're 14 points richer. Let's find those 14 points in this game, and let's pick on Chan Sullivan and whoever's gonna, whoever else is going to play behind him, whether it's Yadam or Shamardine Charles, and let's find ways to make plays. So I just think you've got to – the safeties have to have another big game here. I'm still waiting for Adrian Amos to make a huge splash play this season. Darnell Savage has been pretty good, but I think the safeties are going to have to step up and be a big help 
in the passing game. But I could see this being one of those things where the Packers are just trying to come out, you know, especially if Aaron Jones is banged up, AJ Dillon is banged up. You could just, you know, get up 14 nothing. Uh, you're going to force Cincinnati to throw, and then it's going to become a throw fest. And it could become one of those games that was like the Charger game 10 years ago where it's mm-hmm. like 41 to 38 at the end, and it's just a flurry of – I was at that game. I was at that game in okay. San Diego. It was, it was the last time the Packers played the Chargers in San Diego, and Tremont had a pick six. Charlie Pepper had a pick six. It was the, the year the Packers were defending the Super Bowl championship. They hadn't lost a game yet. They ended up beating the Chargers. It was almost like Lambeau West. There was more Packers fans in there at the end, creating noise, and the Chargers had to go silent count. So as far as the, the Bengals and their injury situation, maybe you have some more insights than I do as far as some of those players who aren't going to play. I mean, Trey Hopkins at center, your center. Once again, both teams are potentially missing their starting center. That's kind of a big deal. But it's all about that depth, and I don't, you know, the, the, that might be where the Bengals maybe aren't as quite as strong as the Packers as a young team that's up and coming and just starting to kind of get their feet under them in the Zach Taylor era as, as far as, you know, winning some games and being a little bit better. Yeah, no, I think that secondary is not as good as the Packers secondary is, but they've gotten healthier throughout this week. It looks like Trey Wayne's still limited with that hamstring injury. I, I'm not so sure if he's even going to play what his, you know, what his production will be. Jadobia Woozy, uh, former cowboy, as you were already slamming into this podcast, which is absolutely appropriate being a pack day podcast. He was uh, limited in practice with a groin. He was a full participant on Friday. Jesse Bates, really, really underrated safety for them. Still nursing a neck injury. Um, so that entire secondary is kind of kind of banged up right now. And I don't really know who would be able to match up if it's Trey Wayne's more than likely, uh, how that would fare for him versus Devon. Uh, Devonte adams so i i think again you mentioned this and i think vegas knows better than us it's going to be a high scoring affair that's that's my opinion i think that's that's what is going to happen the the, the Bengals haven't had a full uh, you know healthy wide receiving core i think since week two uh granted that was against the bears they didn't go too well for joe burrow in that game he threw three picks so let's see if that actually you know can impact this game with him having a full fully healthy receiving core and without a Joe Mixon. I think that that's a lot to it. So outside of that, you know, I look at, like you mentioned, the defensive tackle there, you, which you pronounce his name. Fantastic. That's, that's excellent on you. Like I would have never, I just say it really fast and hope that all the syllables and vowels come out the right order. And I like, if it's four (laughs) syllables, I add four more. Like I'm an eight guy on something like that. So, but I, I don't think he impacts the game all too much. I think DJ Reader's a solid guy up front. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think right now, when we looked at this, the injury reports on Wednesday and Thursday, oh, it was man. pretty dicey. It was real. <laughs> it was it was nasty. And now there's a couple guys out for the Packers, one out for the uh, the Bengals. Not really a starter for them at all. A couple guys questionable here and there as we trend into the weekend. They still have five guys questionable. The Packers still have three guys questionable. One just got put on IR. Two that are officially out. Like it's a, it's a tough spot, man. It's it's. It sucks, and getting that injury bug, it, it just comes and goes. It seems like the Packers have it this year, and I've talked about this again and again with like these high-profile dudes, these superstars in the star positions. They don't really have these guys that are middle of the road, banged up, and it's you don't wish ill will on anyone, you know, on an NFL roster because they're all trying to make a living and you know play a game and entertain us. But it, it sucks that you're going to lose guys that are super dynamic and it's from different positions every week. But you know, at the end of the day, I think I think the Packers are the best better team i think 
you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but that that Thursday night football game versus the Jaguars, the Bengals look like shit. Like I expect the Bengals to go in and, and absolutely throttle Jacksonville, and that didn't happen. They came from behind and were able to win that game, but it was a really really ugly game. I know Thursday night football, you take that with a grain of salt because it usually is really really ugly, but I think the Bengals on a ten day rest, I think with Joe Burrow that offense, I expect them to be able to compete. Um, I do have the Packers winning. Ooh, early it. spoiler! All right, I do, I do, I do have the Packers right. winning. It's, I, I, you know, if and then this is the thing though too. Like I'm kind of going to this with the same, with the same feeling that I had versus the Niners. Like the Niners games kind of get that same vibe for me. I'm like Packers a little bit banged up. You don't know what you're gonna get. Left tackles out. We got Jair out. Fortunately, we have a little you know shot in there with Elton Jenkins. But they've proved something to me in the last two weeks that they're they're on the up and up still. They're not on this roller coaster. They're putting the best sixty minutes together as they can. So I got I got the Packers winning. I won't tell you my score yet, but it's. What are your thoughts? Well, I was going to go back because we missed something here too uh, with regards. We were talking about the depth in the secondary, and we we completely sure. left Russell Douglas out, who the Packers signed off the Cardinals right. practice squad. And I think the the signing there. So obviously, it's not Stephon Gilmore, and we don't need to talk about Stephon Gilmore because I think that that whole thing we just got hoodwinked by the media. I mean, there was this report that Gilmore wanted to be in Green Bay. Listen, that was Gilmore's agent and Gilmore put and putting that out there. So that or or the you know the Patriots putting that out there so that they could fleece the Panthers for they knew he was going to Carolina and they wanted to get more that they as much as they could from Carolina it ended up being a sixth round or two years from now so that tells you how desperate they were to upgrade a pick uh, in a, in any any fashion right so um, Stephon Gilmore not coming to Green Bay I don't think that was ever the chance as a matter of fact uh, you know uh, Greg Bedard was on the Wendy's Big Show earlier this week, too. Wendy's Big Show owes me. I mention them a lot. And Bedard said the Packers didn't even make an offer for Stephon Gilmore, so I don't think that was ever in the cards at all. And and the fact that they didn't, because I can tell you right now, Matt, and I think you would agree, if they knew there was a huge problem with Jair and that surgery was more than 50% likely, they're doing everything they can. I mean, if they gave up a sixth-round pick for a punter, they'll make a trade for... (laughs) They'll do something to get Stephon Gilmore in here and upgrade that secondary. So I think they feel pretty confident that Jair is going to be able to at least play at some point sooner than later. But Russell Douglas, he's a guy that comes in now. He's been, he's with, spent some time with the Raiders, spent some time with the Panthers, the Cardinals. So he's bounced around. Obviously he's not a solid every down player, but when you talk about guys, like you said, like Yadam, who's on the injury report and Shamar Jean Charles, who's a rookie. Maybe you want a little bit more stability if you're going to have to play your third guy out there. So I think Douglas is somebody that gives you a little bit of a boost there. And if nothing else, the Packers are playing the Cardinals speaking of Thursday night. They play the Cardinals on Thursday night in a couple weeks. Maybe Douglas gives them a little insight into that Cardinals offense that I think the Packers are going to have their hands full with. So Douglas as an option at cornerback, obviously, gives the secondary another little bit of a, not Jair Alexander, but gives the secondary a little bit of a boost, a little more breathing room when it gets into that pass-heavy time of the game and the Packers have to try to get off the field via the pass defense. Yeah, definitely. And then it's the thing with Douglas, too, it's just like, are you tall? Are you kind of athletic? Are you a little bit bigger? But yep, we're gonna we're gonna pick you up. And mm-hmm. They've done that time and time again this off season with mm-hmm. guys, not like Yadam, but like dudes throughout these last couple of months where we're just like, yeah, we forgot about you and you're off the squad now. It's like six one, six two, 
can play a little bump and run, can play a little bit of his own. Basically, it's Kevin King, but just not Kevin King. That's literally what they're getting from him. I don't know what they're going to do. I love the savvy move if that's what they're going for, pulling some pulling some info from him before they play the Cardinals. We'll see if that's the case. I've, I think we go. I, I personally go back to the the Patriots Jets days with Eric Mangini and his his career, and it felt like back and forth all the time they were doing that with him and Bill Belichick. I so I love that tactic. I think it's a funny funny move into especially to observe. Normally it's within the division. I feel like you see that quite a bit. I feel like the Bears do that with the Packers guys once in a while and vice versa, but I, I don't know what Douglas is to contribute other than being a body, but I think like you said, it. I think it definitely without Gilmore being signed, I think it gives you a little bit more peace of mind mm-hmm. if you're a Packers fan with you know, maybe Jair isn't going under the knife because maybe they would have got Gilmore then. Um, so I, I think it, it gives me a little bit more peace of mind that they go with linebacker instead of a cornerback there. Granted, there's a way they're not even close to the same player as far as within their years, production, injuries, et cetera. But I think it's 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 decent, and I think they're in a decent position to to move forward. And I, I the Bill Belichick, I've, I've, this is the third time I brought him up. Just the fact that they're like, yep, we cut Gilmore, and it's like, whoa, 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 we'll give you a pick for him. It's just like the ultimate Patriots move. And uh, he go like you said. It was more than likely Gilmore was going to go there. J.C. Horn was out. Gilmore went to South Carolina. Apparently, he's got a house a few blocks away from either the GM or the owner. Oh it's yeah, like, it was it was a slam. We got hoodwinked. We, go we got we got J.J. Watted again. Oh yeah, absolutely we did. We got J.J. Watted again. But yeah, I mean the Packers, the depth thing, and and listen, trust this team. They know what's going on. They're all in. They know what's they know what's up. And they obviously have limitations, so they're maybe they they aren't going to be able to. But the player has to want to go to the team. I guess maybe if you're trading him, he doesn't have to. But at this point in his career, Stephon Gilmore probably had a little bit of input on how that went down and where he ended up going. So it's prediction time. We've kind of gone through the injury report. Matt, you've already kind of spoiled a little bit of who you're, who you're taking. I am also going to take the Packers to win this game. I think it's going to be really close. And in fact, I can see it going to overtime. And I honestly think this could be like a 38-35 type of thing. Mason Crosby walk it off again type of deal. It's the AFC it's on the road. It's it's wonky. The history doesn't mean anything because they're playing the game now. But the Packers haven't won in Cincinnati since 1998. That's the last time they won a regular season or any game in that's against the Bengals on the road. That was you know Brett Favre against Carl Pickens and I don't even know who the quarterback for the the I would think it might have still been uh, maybe it was Neil O'Donnell at that point. He moved over to the the Bengals from the Steelers after he lost those Super Bowl. I, I don't know. I have no idea. So been a long time but I think I'm going to I'll go 38-35. I think the Packers pull it out but it's going to be one of those games where we're going to be on the edge of our seats and we're just going to want it to kind of let's move on. Let's just get on to the next week and hopefully the Packers can stay healthy this week. They they need they need to start getting some of their guys back. So hopefully it's an injury-free game and the Packers can escape with a win, keep the ball rolling. Keep this thing churning while they're waiting to get some of their studs back. So we know you think the Packers are going to win, Matt. What is your final? Yeah, I think the Packers are going to get the W here. Like I said, it's 50 and a half. I think the Packers are favored by three points on the road. So on a neutral site, that would give you about a six-point margin. And my math checks out. Like I feel like the the Bengals have scored three touchdowns or relatively around three scores per game thus far. I think the Packers are hitting their stride with this offense. I'm going 27-21 Packers. Um, obviously, I'd be going under the under. I could see it definitely being a shootout, but right now where both teams are kind of sitting, got some issues with the offensive line for the Packers. Bengals are losing Joe Mixon. Granted, they are bringing back a healthy receiving core. I'm going 27-21 Packers. I like the score. I think it, there's a potential for it to to not be a shootout because both these defenses are halfway decent, but 
again, AFC on the road. You don't really know what you're going to get from these Bengals right now because they're kind of all over the place. They have 10 days to prepare for for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but six-point margin, Packers get another W on the road. All right, a little bit of a lower-scoring affair, but either way, the result is the same. We're both picking the Packers to win this game and improve their record to 4-1? and one? Is it 4-1? 4-1, and one? Four and one, sir. 4-1, that's right. Losing track of my weeks here. All right, awesome. Well, we will be back again next week. I'm assuming Paul will be back with us. We'll have the trio all together again. It's Bears week after this week. I don't look too far ahead, but it is Bears week coming up next week, so that'll be exciting. If I want to talk about the Packers, we'll visit the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. We'll have the weather reports for you, as always. If anybody wants to get their name and their Twitter handle read on the show, send us their weather report and let us know what's going on over by you as we get closer to the Saturday Pack-A-Day podcast next weekend. Matt, real quick, uh, your work around the NFL with Game On Wisconsin and Pack-A-Day podcast and everything else, what can we look forward to this week? Definitely. Uh, right now, still working on Final Dump with Brendan Dorzinski. I just actually had to text him because I realized I missaid something on yesterday's episode. But go check that out. Final Dump, Game on Wisconsin. You can find Game on Wisconsin on all podcast uh, subscriptions, Google, Apple, Twitter, of course, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. You can find Jason's podcast on there, Quick Slants as well. So go please check that out and all the content the Game on Wisconsin crew is putting out. You can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore FRA underscore. It's Matt underscore Frey underscore. Send me your weather stuff. I've gotten some local guys. Like I have a couple decent dudes in my pocket. Luke Sampy's a really solid guy when it comes to the Packers Twitter and, and weather. But I need international love. So there we send go. Send me those DMs. Send me those tweets. Let me know. I don't care where you're at. Like international would be great. I'll even take someone from like Sheboygan or Manitowoc <laughs> at this point. Anything we can. Let's get let's get Matt a friend in the weather report department. And I will have the Quick Slants podcast for you. I'll have the a game recap up a game on Wisconsin after the game on Sunday against the Bengals. We'll have the Quick Slants podcast on Monday with a game recap. And then again on Thursday with a midweek recap before reconvening with my homies here for the Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast next week. So it's time for the Packers to go out and get a big victory in Cincinnati. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. Stay safe. As always, go Pack Go. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.